0: I'm Emma Gray and welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions like steamy political streaming rom-coms. If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you, as always, for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. While Claire is out on maternity leave, I'm going to be chatting about TV, movies, and cultural trends with an assortment of really cool friends of mine, and today, my friend Justin Adams is here with me to discuss Red, White, and Royal Blue, an adaptation of the Casey McQuiston novel of the same name, which dropped on Prime Video on Friday.
1: You can hate Prince Henry all you want. You better act like the sun shines out of his ass and you have a vitamin D deficiency. I think so much is what you might say to convince the world that we're actually friends. I love hanging out with this guy. These
0: days are
1: I'm not to see each other again. You're expected at my New Year's party. Do you ever wonder who you'd be if you were an anonymous person in the world? I have no idea what you're talking about. Christ, you're as thick as it gets. over yourself, Your Majesty. It's Your Royal Highness. Oh. Dear Alex, I miss you. To figure out if you feel forever about him, do you love him? What difference would it make if I did? I want someone to love Prince Henry belongs to Britain.
0: I need. We can figure out a way to love each other on our own terms.
1: It's like there's a rope attached to my chest, and it keeps pulling me towards you. I want someone to love me. Hopefully, we'll
0: get through tonight without any more scandals. <laughs>
1: The night is young, Ma.
0: Justin, thank you for joining me.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. I mean, we live in New York, so I know that you know so many queens, so I'm honored that I am the gay who's
0: doing this! The anointed gay. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'm literally so excited. (laughs) Like, let's go.
0: Okay, so for anyone who is not familiar, red, white, and royal blue is a film adaptation of queer non-binary author Casey McQuiston's debut novel. This movie was directed by Tony Award winner Matthew Lopez. This is his directorial debut for a feature film, and he also co-wrote the screenplay with Ted Malauer, and it was produced by Greg Berlanti's production company, and McQuiston also got a producer credit. The film premiered In London on July 22nd, but because of the SAG and Writers Guild strikes, basically no one was there. None of the actors were there. Matthew Lopez was there, but he's also on strike as a member of the Writers Guild. And so he did not walk the red carpet and he did not give interviews. So just another reminder, support the strikes, kids. Support SAG, support the Writers Guild. They're still out there. They're still fighting for a fair contract. Go unions.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that Matthew has been like promoting it on social media, but also not like super hard. Yeah. Well, he's
0: in an interesting position because he as a director, right. he is not on strike, yeah. but as a writer, he is. So he's probably trying to split the difference. Right. It's weird when you're in multiple guilds and some of them are on strike and some of them are not. Right.
1: Well, and he's like a Broadway baby. Like he's yes. he comes from the world of theater, like he won a Tony a couple years ago for the inheritance and so yeah i think it's interesting that he was tagged for this i feel like the director bears so much of the responsibility and so i will say the parts that i did not like like the production quality i was like "Ooh, i'm gonna put that on matthew yeah um, you're like i'm
0: blaming matthew for this one
1: it's also an amazon prime thing where it's like okay like give them an extra 100k to like help with these transitions
0: okay so i think that the best way for us to do this is go through an abridged plot summary. We can talk about different themes that come up along the way. And then I want to talk about kind of what this adds to the rom-com canon. Let's just dive in. So this movie centers on Alex Claremont Diaz, played by Taylor Zakhar Perez, who is the son of the first female president of the United States, Ellen Claremont, otherwise known as President Uma Thurman, <laughs> who is gearing up to run for re-election. We also have Prince Henry, played by Nicholas Galitzine, who is like, the spare of the British royal family. He's like the Prince Harry, but with young William vibes.
1: Yeah, much more attractive. <laughs>
0: and... He has the energy of a Prince Harry. Yeah.
1: I'm not like the biggest like, royal family follower.
0: Ne- neither am I, but he has the like, I'm gonna subvert the expectations yes. of... Of the royal family, I won't be contained.
1: Yeah, I feel like they all probably think that at one point in their lives. Now. Harry's the only
0: one who actually left, though. Yeah,
1: he, he was like, I'm actually done. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, he's like, I'm marrying a hot American actor. Okay, bye. So when the movie begins, Alex and Henry have a strong distaste for each other. Bad vibes between these two. Alex and the vice president's granddaughter, who's also his like close friend, Nora, played by Rachel Hilson are in London on a diplomatic mission to attend the royal wedding of Henry's older brother, Prince Philip. And during the reception, Alex gets absolutely toasted. <laughs> like,
1: so unprofessionally wasted. <laughs> like,
0: And it took him, like, two minutes. Like, he's fully sober in the greeting line, and then they're at a very low-key reception, and he's just slurring yeah
1: like a (laughs) total actual mess I mean the fact that what happened didn't happen sooner is like actually amazing
0: yeah so during the reception he does end up getting into a verbal altercation with Prince Henry because he's like you're being a snob to me and they end up knocking over a multi-multi-multi-multi-tier wedding cake and it lands on top of them making a huge mess a wedding guest surreptitiously takes a little photo of them, and they land all over the tabloids. I mean, international scandal right here. Yeah,
1: literally. And also, like, the plot of a porn author, I'm pretty sure, too. So hitting... really Well, I just kind of assume, like, a, you know, a messy cake... For- Oh, cake! Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know what? Now, that is like a subgenre of porn, right? Like cake. It absolutely. Like cake <laughs> I was like, okay, first
1: gay check mark. Erotic food play. Here we go. I
0: mean, I'm here for it. It's hot, <laughs> but for the sake of diplomacy, because you know, hashtag allies. Yeah. <laughs> Alex and Henry are forced back together to put on a happy face, pretend they're great friends, go on a little like PR tour together around London. And as they spend more time together and actually get to know each other, a real friendship begins to blossom. After Alex heads back to the States, Henry gets his number from MI6, and they begin (laughs) texting back and forth constantly. Something that I did like about the way that they shot it is that they had the two of them reading their text messages, and you would see them, like in bed together except that they're just like texting or on the phone I, th- I thought it was cute I
1: liked this but I thought that this was where Amazon could have spent a little bit more money I thought yes. the transitions were a little bit wonky I thought the like overall idea was very cute the idea cute. was was
0: cute yeah because you got them in the same frame yes which like for a movie and setting up the chemistry between two actors feels important but it did feel a little like And then we're going to use, like, the transition on PowerPoint, PowerPoint, where it's, like, pixelated out. Yeah, it just felt
1: like, okay, this was a really good idea, but the execution was a little bit wonky. Because, like, yeah, there's a reason that, like, no one is, you know, working from home or texting or slacking in, like, movies and TV shows. Like, we want everyone in the same scene. Like, we want to see those human interactions. And so I think this did a good way of, like, tying that in. But it was, that was, honestly, that was probably the most, like, production-y thing that I was like, oh, I wish that was different, but yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that they could have executed better, but I liked the idea. I thought it was a good way to integrate technology, and obviously, like, in the book, so much of their connection is text-based, and so they had to figure out a way to translate that to the movie. There are definitely some significant changes between the the book and the movie the story's really kind of like streamlined down to really focus on the the romantic plot a bunch of characters are cut out and obviously we get a lot less text because it's a movie yeah but we do see alex and henry form this kind of flirtatious <laughs> friendship where they're texting about books and music and the american practice of pardoning a turkey during thanksgiving <laughs> Which Alex is very passionate about, and he demands that they put the turkey in his personal bedroom, which he quickly realizes is an error because it's loud. Yeah, I was like, Ooh, <laughs> what?
1: But also, I was like, I love the thought behind it. Like, I feel like that was like a really nice moment to like realize that he like actually does want to like do things differently, which I
0: love. Yeah, he's like, don't waste money buying a luxury hotel room yeah. for. A turkey. Alex cares. Alex's vibe is very idealistic young Obama. He's like, I believe in politics. His parents are both politicians. His mother is a president. His father is a senator. And he's like, I grew up working class. I've seen what politics can do. It's very democratic idealism vibes. There's this
1: like big underlying piece of the puzzle that's hopeful and honestly a little bit naive, but that's a part of why it's, it's so great because we all want the best, even though like we know that like, politics and change is so slow and painful at times.
0: Absolutely. And I think you can tell Casey McQuiston did start writing this novel during the run up to the 2016 election in a moment where like I think there was a lot of hope and excitement. Mm-hmm. And then I believe... They put the book down for a bit after Trump was elected <laughs> and then sort of went back to it, like specifically as this kind of wish fulfillment alternative timeline. So Alex is a student at Georgetown Law, and he has been hard at work on a campaign <laughs> memo about how his mom has a path to reelection through their home state of Texas. That's right, baby. Texas is going to go blue. But his mom's chief of staff, Zara, played by Sarah Shahi. And I'm going to say she's much better in this than in Sex Slash Life, which is the most deranged show of all time. If you haven't heard me and Claire (laughs) do like four podcasts about it, go back and listen to those. We had a, a lot of fun talking about that show. But she's a delight in the role of Zara. And she has no time to read his memos because she's trying to do her fucking job, Okay. You just listened to a free preview of this week's Rich Text podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire Rich Text back catalog, you can become a paying subscriber at claireandemma.substack.com. If not, you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations. Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at claireandemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening.